Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. And what are we talking about today, Aaron? We're going to go through a bit of a trip report of a probably the best experience of my life. About roughly one year ago, um, it started with a, a few drinks with friends, a bit of after post-fight celebration in my brother, and then turned into the most enlightening experience of my life. The best, the most intense, the, the craziest, the most mortal <laughs> realization of your own mortality. Check it out. Press like, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, and send us a tweet at BattleAZ and Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Battle. And today Aaron is going to tell us some interesting stories about how he looked into the face of death and emerged more or less unscathed. I died. Yep. Uh, he, he died and was reborn and now he's back with us to tell the story. Roughly about a year ago, mm. I think, I feel. I, it really feels like it happened maybe 10 years ago because... You know, when you die, you don't, you never come back the same. Right. But um, just thinking about it, I begin to realize that the day you die, you never really wake up that morning thinking, I'm going to die today. Mm. It's just, it's like a normal day. So you never see it coming. That, that's kind of the point. You never see death coming. But if you wake up and you accept it every day, you can live a little bit better. That's kind of the, the paradox of the death life thing. Hmm. Well, set the scene. Where, where are you? Okay. Um, well, actually, it was, the first, it was the first fight my brother Benjamin had. Yep. So... We're in Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Uh, Benny's been training for a while. He's about to have a fight. Okay. Tonight. And you're working with Benny and his security company. Yeah. During this time, uh, my bro and I, we're, we're pretty close. I mean, you know, we're, we're living together. Uh, we hung out a lot. We're working together. So, uh, you know, we spent a lot of bro time and I, I mm -hmm. went along, I saw him, I saw him fight. It was his first uh, exhibition match, I guess, or his, uh, his first bout. It was a big deal for him because it's the first time that, I mean, during this time, of course, where uh, we're studying things like, um, you know, your ability, the mind and the, uh, the ability to manifest through consciousness and, mm. you know, these, these sort of topics were Neutronics coming up. And, uh, the, the vitamins that, that increase your brain performance. Oh, we uh, actually, at this time, we were only just starting to get into the, the Onnit range of uh, Alpha Brain and uh, the, the Shroom Tech technology, which are the, uh, what are they called? New, uh, new, Neutronics? No. Neuro, anyway. Neural enhancers or something like that. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about, um, you know, increasing brain power and, uh, and just, just increasing performance of your body. So mm. we're looking into different ways to make ourselves physically, mentally better. Mm. Um, I remember telling, uh, I was telling Benny, don't worry about the fight. Like, don't even stress about the fight because the fight's already happened. Now you just need to live it. So just choose the way you want to live it. And that's <laughs> kind of the, uh, you know, the, the level of intelligence when you're about to do something, you know, you're uh, you know, trying to control those, those nerves. <laughs> so... Uh, which, which is really good. I mean, if, you, if you're an athlete and you can go into a competition 
and in the competition you are a completely smooth operator, then obviously you're going to perform a lot better. Right, right. Well, uh, yeah, it makes me think of that quote from uh, Master Sun uh, where he says, the, the loser goes to battle and then sees if he wins or lose, uh, loses, but the, the, the champion already wins, then he goes to battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, need to manif- you need to visualize every single possible way you can die so that you know how to, how to react to it. Hmm. So this was a little bit like that, but I'm telling Benny all this stuff. I'm telling Benny like, you know, you're gonna go fight, but you know, you're gonna be in the, in the ring with this guy, but you're gonna be completely dominating him because he's not gonna be there in the ring. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be trying to combat his own, his own nerves and his own uh, you know, feelings of inadequacy when you've already, you've already conquered all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good, Benny had a good fight. We went along, it was at, it was, uh, it was at South Leagues. And you know we had a few mates turned up, you know, a good a good family crowd. Um, I had to basically Benny finished up the fight and he went out to eat some went out to dinner with the with the guys, his trainers and that. Uh, I, I rushed off to work at that point, and and that was basically the end of it. But that's what started the whole night. Um, I, I got to work and obviously the guys, um, like the management crew and everyone at, at the World Bar Sydney and across there. They knew Benny was having a fight, so they had little posts and things up in the office, which was nice. You know, like kind of like uh, they, had a, they had a picture of uh, the the fight between Homer Simpson and the uh, the Mike Tyson character, and they, and they had Benny's Benny's face on the uh, on the car. Anyway, it was it was a little poster of like, yeah, Benny won, uh, even though it was an exhibition and there, there was no winner. It was just a practice. Um, so I'm at work and Benny's come in later in the night around, around midnight or whatever. And he says, you know, he, he's all happy that, he, that he's like just content. Everyone's like, you know, congratulating him and all that. And Benny says, what are you doing working? I'm like, but you're the boss. I'm supposed to be at work. And he goes, no, nah, okay, you're finishing early. And, uh, and then, then I was like, all right, spare shirt. And we're at World Bar having a party. <laughs> That, that's really where it all started because, you know, being staff at, at World Bar, you know, you've got your staff card and it's all like drinks getting thrown around and shots and mm. tabs, what have you. Um, so I, I was out having a good night and that was essentially it. So if we skip through all the, the party and then at the end, it's just like, you know, a few staffies and you're hanging out with the staff after work. Yeah. So it was a big night. Um, I'll leave it at that. We had a big breakfast. But I'm what do you super mean you'll tired. Leave, you'll leave it at that. You're, yeah. you're beginning to tell the story here. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? All right. You'll leave all right. Well, let, let's let's trim this up. How how can I explain? Benny turns up at midnight. Mm. I'm I'm happy to see Benny. Everyone's happy to see Benny. Like okay, now I'm starting to feel the flow. I'm trying to remember what's what's happening here. Uh, yeah, everyone's congratulating Benny. He's like, you know, you had your first fight. This is great. And you know, Benny's walking around like, yeah, it was cool. You know, like I, I told you I was going to do it. You know, like, you know, I, I do what I, I followed through. I did it. Um, and it was good. And everyone's like, when's the next fight? And he's like, well, you know, let, let me recover first. That's when, that's when he told me, you know, take the night off. We're going to, we're going to party. Yeah. And it, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday because Wednesday is usually like the dubstep night. So, you know, there's a good lineup of DJs and like, it's hard to work when you, when you're in that party mode. So it was like, change your shirt. You're coming with me. We went to the bar, a few shots, and it was like we were hanging out. And of course, this is like a five, six hour party. So of course, 
um, a few tabs are passed around, we popped outside, there might have been a little smoke involved. So it was a cumulative effect of just, just nice, comfortable, uh, we're hanging out together. Yeah, so I'm feeling a glow. That, that was <laughs> no, it. Just, you, you felt good just from hanging out together. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Right. I, 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 okay. I, wanna, I feel okay. like I need to jump through to, into the, to get into the trip, but you know, that's kind of setting the scene. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've told you a couple times this story, so now I'm trying to remember you know, what is the details I need to explain. <laughs> but you're, you're, kind of, you're playing down uh, the vast quantity of all kinds of drugs that you were taking. <laughs> I am. I feel like that, that's not the important part. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I. I mean that. That's that's basically it. I think. Uh, I. Do you feel like I need to? I need to explain more. No, about that's fine. That's fine. I uh, now. I, I. think we got a good picture of what was happening there. Right, so, well, uh, what was the next? Um, well, I mean, of course, it, it was one of those weird nights where you, you're one minute you're you're hanging out and you know the whole bar's full back bars full, you're running up and down stairs looking for friends and drinks and then, uh, and all that. And then all of a sudden you just click and the bar's empty. All of a sudden, like the staff that you're like high five in five minutes ago to a full room of just bouncing music and dance and everything turns mm. into, there's a guy there sweeping. You're like, shit, what time is it? Where, <laughs> where have I been? What just happened? So those, those lapses in time in between in between the, the drinks. So was there some kind of alien abduction involved? I don't leave myself. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty normal, you know, your cheeky midweek. Like was, <laughs> okay. That, that's what we called it. No, but it was-, it was Wednesdays, new Fridays. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it is because Friday, you got all the old guys that turn up, you know, all the, all the people that work around there, they go out for Friday night drinks and end up in the cross. So it's just, it's just like, it's overflowing of, of just douchebags. But Wednesday night is kind of like an overflow from student night of just mm. people hanging out. So, mm. you know, you get a good crowd and then there's tourists and backpackers and all that coming through. Yep. Um, so if there's a few time lapses and then, you know, I, uh, and then I'm getting kicked out. So and by that, I mean, you know, you're hanging out and a few drinks with like with management after a big night and that was it. And the Benny's like, let's get food. So that turned into a big breakfast, like a stupid big breakfast. Because obviously you're, you're just not in your own head and you just see all this food. So we're having a big breakfast, like three or four shots of coffee because you're wrecked. Like you're just, you're, just, you're tired, you're drained, you're hurting. Um, then then we, we drove home. Um, that was interesting. The drive home. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you want me to elaborate on the drive home. Because although at this point you feel like you're completely out of your own, out of your own body, out of your own mind you're completely conscious of what you're doing. So, you know, you, you, you just say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drive home. Well, the car's at the front, you can't leave it here. You know, like parking tickets and things, you, you, can't, you can't do that. So uh, we will jump in the car and I can't really remember exactly who was there, mm. but I know there was, a, there was at least three of us, but that was- You, Benny and Mr. Um, Mystery. The yeah, I mean, or there might have been in the back scene. There might have been four of us. I'm not sure. Yeah, the dark shadow was following us. <laughs> anyway, so we, we drive home, and in the in the process of driving home, you uh, you're completely conscious of what you're doing, and and 
yeah, you're completely conscious of what you're doing, but you're not conscious of how you're doing it. Because I remember being in the car and driving, and it was like I'm changing gears, I can see a red light, it's like I know I need to stop. Should I stop? Am I stopping? You're asking yourself these questions, and you've already stopped the lights. <laughs> like, it's like your, your body, your, your animal body is driving, you're just hoping you make it home. <laughs> but, you, but you're 100% confident. It's like a really weird mix of feelings. Like, you know, if you were a, if you feel like you're the ball of energy around you, around you, and you're, you're driving home, and everything's completely cool and sweet, but you've got no idea what you're doing. <laughs> it's like you've driven for the, it's like you're, you've driven, you're driving for the first time in your life, yet you're not the one driving, you're watching yourself drive. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> Cool. It so don't crazy. take too much coffee and drive. Is, is that the moral? Do not. Do not take okay. more than a couple shots of coffee because right. that, that stuff <laughs> will, it just, it winds you up so much when you're in a sensitive state. <laughs> right. Like don't, you, you, you're buzzing. Don't, don't, don't take four coffee shots and drive after a night of heavy drinking and various substance because consumption. Because fatigue's a killer. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you are, you're supposed to revive and survive. You can have a coffee, but you're not revived. Mm. You're just buzzed. I, that should be a new campaign. <laughs> we made it home. We've, we're, in, like, we're at home. We're hanging out, and we're still, uh, we're still feeling a little bit off or different or out of ourselves. And, uh, and of course, Benny's still pretty excited. He's having, you know, he's a, we're, we're both excited. We had a big night. And uh, so we crank the music up. We're listening to The Kick by XV. It's a very uplifting, you know, motivational song. Um, so, you know, Benny's there, he's, he's feeling the music and it just turns into... This is like electronic music or... I, I don't I've know. never heard that song. No, no. Uh, no, it's, um, it's like a, it's a, it's a rapper just dropping rhymes to a slow beat, but then it All builds right. up. Like it, okay, it builds cool. up, so it's, it's cool. I'll, I'll show it to you. Um, that, you know, we're listening to, um, there's also a remix, um, of one of XV's songs or he brought out the Wonkavator. <laughs> Have you heard okay. of, you heard of the Wonkavator? Well, I know what it is in the book, but you're, you're describing something slightly different. I, I well, assume. okay. So we're listening to the so XV. He's, um, I'm not sure which album it is, but it's got the kick and Wonkavator, which is a, a super trippy mad song. Hmm. Um, and so we're, I mean, it's kind of like this scene. I'm just hanging out, and, you know. Benny's over to the side there, and he, he's feeling the music. And then all of a sudden, he's you know doing his boxing routine. He's you know running through. He's like just remembering how good the fight was, and just feeling the flow of the music. Hmm. And he's got this perfect sort kind of synchronicity with with these like one twos and his hooks and all that to the beat of the music. So that was a little bit psychedelic within itself. Hmm. So I'm watching him go through his, his routines, and. You know, I, and he's looking at me, he's looking at me, like really looking at me saying, are you feeling okay? And uh, in, my, in my mind, the whole room's spinning and everything's kind of just wavy. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, no, I'm shattered. The room's falling apart around me. I mean, literally, it, oh, man, no. Literally. Literally, the There was paint. an earthquake, and Sydney was oh. falling to pieces around. Yeah. Yeah, the literally. room, the room was, the room <laughs> was falling apart. So no, it was, no, it was like, no, as he was asking me, am, am I okay? Mm. See, there's going to be three parts to this. 
it's going to be chapters because I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I'm going back there. I'm reliving the, the episode. No, I'm sitting exactly PTSD. like I'm sitting. Say what? Post-traumatic stress disorder. <sighs> <It's>, um, <laughs> You're getting a flashback. No, I'm getting flashbacks now. Actually, I can feel the whole dream reanimate. <laughs> I'm sitting exactly like I am now. Benny's over there, like just sitting on that side of the bed, going through his boxing routines, you know, and just stretching his arms out, feeling that. And, uh, and I'm seeing like the wall just drip into itself. Mm. Like, I, oh, just he's painting the things that are on the wall, which is falling off. And I'm just like, and he's asking me, like, are you good? Because obviously he was, there was terror on my face of what was happening, <laughs> which is another thing. It's kind of like the waking dream. You can't be too concerned about, you know, what you're experiencing. You just need to kind of like pull yourself back and just absorb it. Hmm. Um, so the wall's falling down, possible earthquake in Sydney. Um, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> and then uh, Benny starts to levitate off the bed. Slowly, just like just he just starts raising out of his out of the bed. Right. And, and as, what, what form is he in? Is he still in his human form at this stage? <laughs> yeah, no, you know he's not. Okay. <laughs> as he's doing his boxing, I can see that he's holding his hands open because you know you can get faster and get more articulated with your movements. Right. His fingers started to like I could, I could see like they're not just webbed, they're like really webbed. Okay, like extending past his fingers, yeah. the webs were even, even more, like his fingers were like t 10 centimetres long or something like that. Yeah, his fingers were growing a little bit and it was like spider web was getting built inside the, uh, inside the gaps of the fingers. Right. Which turned into like, what, like webbed hands and he started turning green, there were scales that were growing on him. And the more I looked at him, the more he started to morph, but he kept asking me whether I was fine. And of course, you know, I was totally cool. <laughs> uh, looking at him and looking away going, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And the more I look at him like, yeah, he's still green. Yeah, he's, he's morphing. His ears turned like inside out and outwards. Like, like, like you'd expect like an alien of Toy Story with like, you know, these, these like kind of long ears and they were green as well. His nose sunk in, there was like two nose holes. He was, he turned into like a fish man. It was like the, the same sort of, the same kind of webbed pattern here turned into like a mohawk that was running down his head and back. Right. And, and then out of nowhere, the song just finished. And he went back to normal, he was sitting there and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, man. I'm going to, I'm going to bed. That was it. And I'm still feeling like she's going to... You keep saying that was it, but that's not the end of the story. No, it's not the end There's of the story. There's a lot more to it. No, I, I say that... That was it. I'll I say, leave it at that. I that say was that was it because uh, yeah. he went from being a floating green alien monster yeah. to, to going completely back to normal. Mm. Um, he did that. And then he... And the, but everything was kind of like plasticine. Okay. Yeah, like, like imagine Gumby. Yeah. Like, but real, but like, you know, when Homer becomes real 3D. Okay. Yeah. Like, it was like Gumby, yeah. but, he, but I mean, everything was Gumby. Like, the walls were, <laughs> the walls were plasticine. The bed was plasticine. And, and at this point, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm saying this is kind of cool. Everything's like Play-Doh. But this is, and then I'm wondering, this is where people die. Because they, they, be, they become this Play-Doh vision so well that they, they're tempted to go and poke, 
the wall and things. They're tempted to go play with stuff. Like I can imagine people going to the kitchen and playing with knives and, oh, look, look at my Play-Doh finger. Like this is what was going through my mind as in I, I can't leave the room now. Like I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a world where I can't trust myself. Mm. So I decided to lay down on the floor and that was it. Like Benny's going to bed, so cool, get off my bed, I'm going to bed now. Uh, I said, well, you know, I've got to lay down because I need, to, I need to also go to bed. I need to shut this dream down. Yeah. In that, the room's still kind of spinning. It's, it's a little wobbly. And I'm laying down flat on my back because I can't handle this room movement anymore. I needed to really just pull myself back together and say, you're going to bed. That's it. I closed my eyes and I just felt like the room started to do this seesaw movement. And I know it's like, you, you know, you imagine like, okay, cool, the, the wall and the floor's moving. But I feel like I'm feeling this like building anticipation for that drop at the top of the roller coaster you just got on because you thought that's a good idea. Mm. My head starts to move. I can feel wind in my face. Like I can feel, I can feel everything you'd feel on a roller coaster, but I'm laying down in a perfectly quiet room and like, I'm just feeling all these extra feelings like adrenaline's just running through me and, and I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost frightened with the amount that I'm feeling. Mm. In that, I, the room stops moving and it's my head that starts swaying. But I'm sure that my head isn't moving because I'm laying flat on the ground. Mm. Head's moving more, it's moving more like this swinging motion. And then it's like, it's out of control. It's like this little momentum back and forward, which could have just been you know, the, the beat of the music. It's now, the music's not playing. And my head's not, my head won't stop moving. I've lost control. Yep. This is, this is the, in that moment, this is why I decide I need to lay down. Except my head's like hyperextending now. Like my head's gonna break off. At this point, I'm holding my neck going, holy shit, my, I'm gonna break my head. I'm gonna break my neck. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap myself. Um, in hindsight, I'm sure I'm laying down flat on the ground. But now I'm, now I'm not even in real life anymore. It's, like, it's almost like a lucid dream overlay of my reality. Yeah. So I feel like my head's going to hyperextend and snap off even though it's flat on the ground. But in that movement of back and forward, I'm feeling like the roller coaster up and then down and then up and then down. <laughs> and I'm holding my chest, holding my head, praying to myself enough enough with the roller coaster like i'm gonna die from all this this adrenaline like i can't handle anymore and then everything went black like when i said enough that's it and i just found myself in in blackness like in just it felt like an empty room of of just nothing and i could only i could hear my own thoughts echo through uh through whatever time space i was in but there was like there was nothing for it to bounce off and I guess that's, that's when I realized I'm not in myself anymore. Like that's when I realized like this is, this is something that, that passed. Trying to work out what just happened because I'm, I'm just like, I'm just in, I'm suspended in nothing, but I'm still 100% conscious, 100% awake, but it's just, it's completely black. I can't explain to you what that's like. It'd be like, no, I can't. I can't explain what, what that's like. It's like when there's no time, um, there's no, mo there's no sense of time and you, I mean, your brain could be running, like flying, but you've got no idea where you are anymore. And because you're 100% conscious, you're almost concerned, well, if I don't know where I am and I've got nowhere to go, 
how do I go back? And how long is this going to last for? Mm. So, like you could be trapped in this timeless dimension for a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what it felt like. It felt like a super long period of time because at first I thought, this is cool. I'm just thinking. But the more I said, the more I, I, I thought, where am I? The more I tried to put together what just happened, the more I forgot. Like I forgot that I was laying on the floor in Benny's room. Mm. I, I forgot that I just went out. I forgot everything. And then, uh, and then, you know, I started pleading with myself, you know, am I dead? Like, is this what death is? Mm. Just this void, this void. I mean, meanwhile, maybe in the the weeks coming up to this, you know, I, I was interested in in things like the Tibetan book of the dead Mm. and uh, seeing the movie enter the void which is highly recommended. So the Tibetan Book of the Dead is, is an ancient Tibetan text which describes uh, the way to navigate the spiritual realm after you die so you can get to a, uh, be reincarnated into a good life or find a good uh, spirit place to inhabit after death. Yeah, we should expand on that a little bit. Hmm. But it's, um, yeah, it's like uh, it explains that the soul or the spirit hangs around the body for seven days in those seven days, uh, you, uh, you basically relive your whole life. Mm-hmm. So, and in that, you can also travel to visit other, ple- other people, other places. Um, and you travel, I think you'd have moved through like three dimensions of what they refer to as, as Bardo. Um, and in that, you are faced by your own, your own demons mm-hmm. or your own, um, I guess, your own shortcomings or insecurities. And then there's certain challenges. So like you are, if uh, for me, I, uh, I mean, I'll explain what I went through in a minute, but everyone's faced with their own, I guess, distractions. And you can get caught up and trapped in that world. Right. Or you can, you can remind yourself, and you have to be conscious that this is, this is bullshit. This, this, is an exa- uh, this is an exam. It's almost like the, uh, the last crusade of Indiana Jones. Where, right. they, where they go through and it's like you need to face your, your fear mm. and trust that, you know, you just keep going. You can't stop just because, you know, the, the chick of your dreams has just turned up. Mm. Or you can't stop because this is what you always wanted and there's the, you know, your dreams are manifesting, but that's all, the, that's all like the devil's work. Mm. So you have, to keep, you have to keep pushing forward. Uh, so that's the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Highly recommended if you don't want to reincarnate. What's the worst case? You come back and relive your own life. That's, that's boring. <laughs> or maybe that's what I did. But I felt like in that, in that time when I was in the blackness, knowing, the, knowing this knowledge, I thought, I've got, I've got things to do. I can't be dead. Like, that's just too much pain for my family. That's, that's too much unfinished projects. I mean, you know, I, I want to go back to the gym. I want to, uh, you know, and then I started going through like my, my bucket list of all the things that I wanted to do before I die, I can't be dead. This isn't, it was like that, the power to accept, I need to get back. So I was pushing forward and I said, I need to get back, how do I get out of here? And the more I started to unroll those thoughts, I completely forgot everything. I forgot my name, I forgot who I was, I forgot where I was, I forgot what I was doing, who I was with. And the more that I tried to grab onto something, everything turned into jelly. You know when you're like having a conversation and then you think, shit, what was I just talking about? Or what's the name of that, that actor? Or what's that movie? Yeah. It was exactly like that. Magic but it, blank. It was my whole life. Everything. Yeah. My whole life just 
just evaporated. Still stuck in in just empty emptiness, and having the the weight of I need to get back there to do something, and it was just it was it was like accepting that I, I wasn't done yet. I mean, yeah, I wasn't done. I still had things to do, um, so I need to get back to my to my body. Like that's that's a, really the only thing I knew. I'm not supposed to be here, I need to get back. And then I could hear this like this thumping. Yeah, just like a, just like a, a, a thump, it's like a, a banging. I'm in this black space and I can hear this, this banging. So it was, like a, it was like a big sheet of steel and someone just, just donging on it. Mm. And, and then, then I could slowly kind of make out what was, what was around me. But, there wasn't really nothing that, that seemed very familiar. I, I felt like I was in the, in the high roof of like a, a warehouse. Mm. Like I'm, I'm standing on this like on, on girders, there's like handrails and like that's all that, that just appeared out of the blackness. So I've grabbed onto the handrail, I'm looking out, I can't, I can't see down, it's just black, I can't see up, it's just black. And then directly in front of me, because I'm walking along this rail, there's this huge dude like he's huge, like you, you can imagine the guys that, that compete for Mr. Olympia, Olympia and you know, Mr. Universe, like just muscle dude, mm. completely naked, just red, like just bright red. He had horns, he was just this big muscle dude. And uh, quite, a, it was, I mean, it was, it was a tower of, of a dude. And just looking at me like, he didn't say anything, completely blank face. And just looked at me like, you're not supposed to be here. And what was he doing? He had this big paddle in his hand. Like, like he's going to, almost like he was rowing a boat because we're just on this rail. And that's all I could see. Mm. And he looked at me, gave me a good look like, you're not supposed to be here. I'm not going to say anything if you don't say anything. <laughs> don't make any noise because I'm working. And he's grabbed his paddle and... Then underneath this railing that's going through this room or through the top of this, this warehouse is like these huge big cylinders. There's at least two or three each side, mm. but big open cylinders and he's there stirring them. Like he leans over and he's stirring this, leans over and stirring this, and he's stirring these big cylinders. Like it was hot. I could feel like a steam coming out of this thing. It was like mm. big hot spaghetti, like just red, red bolognese spaghetti and he's there stirring this thing just stirring them and he's looking at me like I, you know the, you shouldn't be the here. last time you told me this story you described it as brains yeah well that's said he was stirring well brains. That, that's the thing i didn't know like he's looking at me like get out of here and i didn't know where to go because it's just it's like a rail that goes forever that way a rail that goes forever behind me and this dude in front of me like you know and like, i don't want to squeeze past him <laughs> but uh, you know i'm not supposed to be here I'm thinking just keep moving forward, just keep getting through this. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like, um, I mean, I, I was kind of, I was intimidated, like I, was, I was scared, I was worried. Like I thought this guy was gonna be the end of me, that was it. And then uh, he, he kind of just, you know, said, don't make a noise, like shh, I'm working. 
And then I looked over and I can see these big heads, like the whole face of just like people, like there's just people sitting. Well, all I could see was their head looking out to the sides mm. and he's there stirring their brains up, just stirring brains, <laughs> like the top of the head was cut off and that's not a cylinder, that's, that's their brain, okay. there's a big head underneath it. So yeah, that's, that's how it got to that. And, and when I realized that he was stirring brains, I thought this is too much and I just, I just ran, I just started running down the, this, this rail, this, like this bridge. There was the, I just started, I was running and I'm pretty sure there was a door or like a door, an archway. Mm. And then, and then I went through and that, that was the end of it. And then I was black, I was back to the blackness again. Right. Like I was just back to, to the nothingness that I was in before, except I can still hear that bang. Like it's just this overpowering, just this thump of, of this noise that I, you, you couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I can't say what it was. It was almost like some, it was almost like someone was, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I could just hear this thump and I'm trying to work out what it is. Um, Someone jumping on a corrigan in an iron roof. Is that what you were about to say? <laughs> well, it, it was like, it was like kids were, yeah, kids were jumping on, on like a tin roof or something. Like it was, it was huge. It was empowering. It was like, I mean, it was just overbear, overbearing, this noise, it was this bang. And as, as I've come through this next room, um, it was like I could, I could hear the bang, but I still couldn't work out what it was. And then I saw exactly what it was. There was just like a, a big heart just mm. pumping in this room. So, and it was just a floating heart. Like you'd imagine like what a heart looks like, like, in a, like out of a medical journal. There it was floating in the room, you know, with its big purple pipe out this side and blue pipe out that side. Mm. Exactly what you'd think a heart, a heart would look like. It was kind of cartoon really, because I mean, I don't know what that, what that looks like, but it was right there. And the thumping was it. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like that was it. Mm. And it was like just banging, this heart just banging away. And I started to think, shit, what the hell is that? Like, why, why is there a big heart there? What am I supposed to do with this? And um, I could feel like it was getting faster and faster and faster. Like my heartbeat was racing. And at this point, I, I had, a, I had a, like a, a feeling of, of that's, that's my heart. Like I associated myself with that heart mm. and I could feel like it was getting faster and faster. It, it got to the point that it was, it was just humming and the noise would, would be like something out of Silent Hill of someone just, just smashing steel. Like I, 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 don't, I don't know how else to, to describe it, but the, like the hum of the heart was like someone just, just banging on, on steel plates. But it was just like, it was killing me, like the noise. And I thought, shit, that's my heart. And if it doesn't slow down, it's going to explode. <laughs> and if it explodes, and then that's when I started to think, shit, what, if that's my heart, why, am, why is it going to explode? What did I possibly do for that to result in my heart exploding? Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I started to, it was just a, a memory of where was the last, where was I last? Like, was I, prior to that, I lost all memory. And then I remembered, here I am dancing at the World Bar. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I, I had this vision of me uh, out the front, hanging out with, with Benny and the rest of the crew. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's, we're going home. And I imagined myself running out without checking into traffic, being hit by a car. And now my heart is like in, in trauma, in this panic. And the original thumping I imagined was like, 
the, uh, the ambulance there with the, the fibrillator trying to revive me. So I just thought I need to stop my heart from exploding. So I'm in this black room, my heart's floating and it's about to, it's about to explode. So I've ran up to it and I've just like jumped into it and I'm holding the heart. Like I'm, I'm trying to hold it. Like I'm trying to, like I thought if I can just regulate the, the beat or like slow it down a little bit, mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of my, my mindset. Um, that, that wasn't working at all. Like I'm, I'm hanging on to it and I'm just like, I'm riding this, this heart and it's just getting faster and faster. And then at that point, I mean, this, this felt like it went on for possibly an hour. Like I can't, I can't express time, but I was there trying to, to get my heart to slow down for a very long period of time. And I, I just got to it. I just got to the point. I was like, shit, I give up. Like, you know, there's, there's no way I'm getting back. Like, I mean, and in this, in this person, I'm thinking, how do I get back into my body? How do I reclaim my, uh, my, own, my own machine to slow it down? And I, I couldn't do it. So I just, I just let go. And I came to terms with, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to life. I'm going to, this is it, I'm dead. This is how I went out. I was hit by a car in front of World Bar and I'm dead. That's the end of me. And as soon as it happened, as soon as I, I, I just, I ate it. Like I, I came to terms with it. I accepted it, that I'm dead. And, I, and then looking back now, I feel like I gave up pretty easy. But in that acceptance, Everything just, everything just stopped. I'm trying to work out what happened next. Like my heart just disappeared and everything just stopped. Um, and I found myself super calm, almost like a feeling like I was underwater. And I was, I was like, I was just floating. And, uh, and then I felt like, oh shit, I got, I got some movement back. But, in that, in that process, I, I looked at my hands and because, I mean, if you can imagine the, the transition was I'm hanging on to this heart and then all of a sudden the heart disappeared. And then I was just like, I felt like I was underwater. There was like nothing. Was, I was just floating. And then I, I looked at my hands again, which, uh, which you say is quite a common thing to do in dreams. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, when you want to... Um check if you're in a dream you can look at your hands because the the finer details of your hands don't come out well in dreams i had tiny little hands Hmm. like just super small little hands my feet were tiny and then i noticed i've got i've got what appeared to be an umbilical cord Hmm. connected to me um i can i i'm just super calm it's like nothing mattered. Everything was just washed away. And I'm just sitting here, looking at my hands, playing with this cord. <laughs> That's a guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my, my feet and, and, I'm just, and then I can slowly hear like this amazing music, like music that I've, I've never heard before. It's like this orchestra is playing this like beautiful symphony almost but i mean as at this point i, I still can't even realize that it's music I, I can just hear this this um interaction of my environment there's something here that i like and i'm not sure what it is uh later it's like it's it's music it's got a rhythm there's something nice about it the more i and, and I, I sat there and it, it felt like an eternity i'm just sitting here enjoying 
this music. And when I put it together, like I'm sitting there as a baby hearing this music, like that, that was my mother's heart. Mm. It was so comforting that, I mean, I, I'm getting all emotional now just thinking about it. Like what a baby must feel, I felt that. It was like complete disconnection from, like there is no reality. You're just, this is the process that the consciousness comes to the, the baby and it's like that little interaction with, with the reality is you're able to interpret you have feet and legs and that's wonderful. Like that, that feeling is just so complete. I feel like to go from, uh, okay, now I'm kind of embellishing a little bit, but I really felt super good. So I'm thinking, I mean, I felt good because I had a body again. I wasn't just floating through blackness, which felt like an eternity. And I'm hearing this music that could only be one thing, my mother's heart playing. So I started to, and then I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm starting to realize, well, if a baby is chilling for nine months and listening to music, well then obviously it's important that the mother's playing good music. That's obviously a reflection of her emotional state and feelings. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I feel like I had a, a beautiful incubation period because <laughs> from my memory, if that was what it was or my, my re life of that, my, my reanimation, I feel really positive about that. Yeah. But when I started to enjoy it, like I started to get my, I started to put together what's going on, um, I realized there was like a little pin dot of like in my reality, there was like a little white dot. And I, I thought, what, what's that all about? It, it started to grow and it was like this, this white light was getting shot at me. And then I started to panic. I felt like the whole panic just come straight back. Like I was super comfortable now. And now I'm like, well, what? I need to remember all this. I need to remember. And then I'm, and the worst part was I had this feeling of I need to remember, but I don't know what I needed to remember. It's like, I feel like I had knowledge in that baby form that now I don't have. And then it was more so I was panicking because I'm thinking, oh crap, I would rather be alive as a baby than be dead. And am I supposed to go to the light or do I go away from the light? I didn't know what to do. And I was like, not only am I going to forget everything, that, my whole experience, I don't know what to do. And that's the worst part. I think people, when they, when they realize like when they're supposed to know what they're supposed to do and they don't know what they're going to do, they, they go in this panic again. Anyway, that lasted forever. Again, I was like another whole year of episode of, of back and forth. Do I go to the light? Do I not go to the light? Do I go to the light? And you just give up. You just give out and you're like, I, I don't care anymore. This is, this is too hard. <laughs> I'm going to the light. If I die, I die. If I, if I live, I live. And I, I, just, I just went. And then, and then it was like I, uh, that was like, it was just like another pause. It was like in the, in the matrix where it's just this big white empty space. And he's like, where am I? And, uh, and then Morpheus says, this is the constructs program. <laughs> From here, we can load up whatever we want. It was like that, but there was nothing loaded. Um, but I was still feeling okay because, of course, I've been through hell. Like, all the stages up until this point, it was like, uh, I'm, I'm here, like I'm me. Um, but, I mean, at that point, I didn't even look at my hands or anything. I just knew that I was, I was still 
I was still something. And, uh, and then I woke up. Mm. The worst part was like waking up and I, I'm laying on the floor like, like this whole trip was, was like a big joke. Um, but I didn't know, I didn't know who I was. Like it was like, it was like a big part of me was removed. And I looked at, I looked at my brother Benny on the, laying on his bed and I thought, is that, is that me? Like I didn't realize it was real life. I thought this was another part of the dream. But I'm, I'm back in Benny's room and I'm looking at my brother saying, is that me? Or am, I, or am I something else? Like I felt like the whole dream was like I was out of my body looking at myself and now I'm looking at my brother going, yeah, that, that's me, right? And I had to, that was a big step too because in realizing that that wasn't me, then I, then I was stuck with, well, then who am I? There's, there's like, there's nothing to hang on to. <laughs> and I, don't, I, I can't explain how, how horrifying that is when you forget you're a person. There's no name, there's no history, this is like, and, and you know, and you're super fragile. So at this point, I just, I just laid there on the ground and hugged myself waiting for the next trip. Like, what's gonna happen? Who's gonna bust into the room? <laughs> is this room gonna fall apart? Do I walk out of the room? No, I'm not doing anything. Like I was just, over all these episodes, and I'm just laying there with my arms crossed wondering, what the hell just happened? Meanwhile, I don't even know what time it is. I don't know what year it is. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know anything. And I felt like I just came out of this trip that might have been what felt like years long. This, this story comes out kind of differently every time I hear it. Well, there's so many uh, chapters to yeah, it. So many chapters and they kind of, they, they slot in in different ways. I remember um, once you, t you, and you told it to me and uh, you were like, uh, I, at one point you were like, I've got to get back. I've got to get back to life. And you, and you kept trying to grasp onto things to do with your life. Like I've got to do something. What is it that I've got to do? And the, the, the thing which really brought you back was I've got, I've just got to train with my friend, Sammy one more time. <laughs> yeah, actually that, that was right. Um, that was, that was before I became that was, that, was be, that was the part, that was before I became the baby again. Mm. This was like when, when I'm holding my, my heart, was that, that felt like it went, it could have went for 10 years and my heart's just humming and I'm just hanging on to this, like, and it's, 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 like someone hit me in the head with a hammer mm. and I'm wondering, you know, I'm gonna die. I need to slow my heart down. And then it was a challenge of thinking, well, why do you wanna go back? I felt like this question, like, why do you wanna go back to life if you didn't appreciate it in the first place, <laughs> you know? Like, what, you know, what exactly are you going to do with your life? These are the kind of questions coming into my mind. And I thought, you know, just, just have breakfast with mum again, just to, just to enjoy the beach. And then I started getting these flashbacks of all these, like, super happy moments in my life. And the, the funny thing is, the last one that I actually remember before I tripped through into checking out my little hands was I need to go back to the gym again. I need to invite Sammy. I need to invite Warren. I started going through all my friends that I should invite back to the gym. Like these were like the best years of my life. Just hanging out with the dudes in the gym. And it's like, it seems so simple. But th I think that was the, the one like true pure emotion that got me out of that loop of listening to my heart explode. Mm. Okay, that's, actually, that's a pretty important part of the dream. I don't know how I... How I skipped that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
But True. appreciation, the, 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 the sentiment of appreciation was the key to bring him back to life. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. The whole thing was like, it was, I was rattled for maybe, I can say a good week afterwards where I was questioning everything. Like I wasn't, I wasn't right. Like you, you're, you're sick. Like I can see when, when you get up in the morning and you, you're scared to go open the door because you're worried you're going to fall through the wall or the door's going to come off or the, you know, or the nothing going to be there because for the week after that, you've been, you've been trapped inside a trip for so long that in real life, it might only went for 10 minutes. Yeah. It might have been just a really bad dream, but you feel like you're in that dream for an eternity. Hmm. Then you're, you're out and you realize, and then, you, and then you're waiting for it to disappear again. You're waiting for your life you think it's your life, but because time's so slippery now, you begin to wonder, is this just another, is this another episode of the trip? Mm. And it's like, you're almost scared to indulge in your own feelings because you don't know if you're dreaming or not. Mm. And then now it's like, well, I feel like I'm dreaming all the time. So I kind of try and enjoy it. And that's scary as hell. That's, that's so scary because you, you don't know where you are. I feel like you feel this time. You feel it more this time. Like it's more real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I can relate to that. Yeah. Like my days now are just so long. Like getting up in the morning, making up some coffee. That to me feels like it could have happened last year. Like my days are so long. Wow. And then that was, that's today. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I mean, I don't forget things very much, I don't think. But I find myself, unless I'm like remembering to breathe, unless I'm in the, like in the moment, I hate saying that because it's just so common. But uh, unless, I, uh, unless I'm checking myself, I don't feel like I'm here. And that's, that's really crazy. <laughs> well, where, where, when would you be? What do you mean? Just a complete absence or uh, No, no, I, okay, well, using my experience to analyze my, my new experience, it's almost like um, unless you're conscious that you're awake and you're in what, what we perceive as real life, then it doesn't count. And it could just be you watching yourself, like the way I drove home that morning. It's like, you know, it's still me, I'm reacting, and, and, uh, and then I'm in the car, and I'm having jokes, and I'm talking to the people that I'm with, and then you say something, and then there's another voice in your mind, they go, that was a dumb thing to say. <laughs> like, that's not even funny. <laughs> or, or you say something and go, well, aren't you a prick? That was harsh. Like, did you, did you even think about what that person would have thought about? <laughs> it's like having this, this bigger brain wrapped over your, where, where you feel more. Okay. You feel more. And then because you're feeling and, and interpreting more, sometimes, you know, you forget what you're doing because you're too busy indulging in what's that person thinking about that? Or does the person I'm, that I'm talking to, do they, are they following the same story that I feel like I'm telling them? Or are they, are they even listening to me? Or are they just daydreaming? Because, and then you realize, no, they're day, you're thinking they're daydreaming because you're daydreaming. Get back and tell them the story. And it's like that constant check. I don't know. Can you relate to that? Or is that, is that, is that just crazy? 
that one went, went over my head a little bit. <laughs> so the lesson that you've learned from this is, is to appreciate life and to um, be more in the moment and, or what would you say? Okay, um, definitely to appreciate life because if you, I, I, well, I tell you straight up, I feel like if I go to bed and I don't at least reflect on appreciating all the good moments of my day, mm. I might not wake up tomorrow. As wow. in every single time you close your eyes, you don't know what you're going to see when you open them again. You don't, yeah, know who you, you don't know who you're going to be, where you're going to be, what time is it. You don't know nothing. You know, you could open your eyes and you'd be a dolphin and you wouldn't even know that you were never not a dolphin. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the kind of the trip level that, you know, you can choose to live if you appreciate everything that you're doing at every moment. So uh, what I've learned from all that is you better give yourself a good mission, like a really good mission. Otherwise, if you're not feeling your mission, you might forget to come back. <laughs> oh my shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's, that's how I feel. So, I mean, to give a good example, right now, everything I do is to make, it's like uh, using my free will to, uh, to benefit the whole world. And the only world is the one that's right here. So unless, that, you know, unless in my heart I'm doing something good for the whole world, it doesn't, it's like a waste of life. Mm. So to, to actively use your free will all the time to dedicate to the, the benefit of others, to the service of others, means that everything I do must be good. So I need to make good coffee I need to make sure that the people are appreciating that. I need to go to the, I need to go to the gym. I need to help people, you know, fight their own their own demons and, and like, you know, and physical appearance is like, you know, 101. People can't they can't come to terms with that. So, I mean, when you realize that, you know, you could blink and lose all that, then you better appreciate what you got fast. And, you know, maybe maybe I was so ego central like my my view was so uh, me that I needed to get hit in the head really hard to, uh, to come back the other way. Unfortunately, the snapback was so big that I can't live in Australia anymore. I just find that whole Australian way of life and mentality is just so far away from where I need to be that I had to get, I had to get out, I had to get out. I had to go find a place where there's a simple way of, uh, a, way of a simpler way of, of living so that I can really focus on what I'm doing is for the benefit of the people and not, um, and not something else. Like I need to get rid of distractions. So that, that's, uh, that's kind of my shortcut. Did I answer your question? If that's what it means to me? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Hopefully some good stuff in here because uh, I mean, I've told that story a handful of times but normally yeah. I just stick to the, the head falling off and the big, you know, devil guy that wouldn't let right. me pass. You know, I relate it. I mean, I, I talk about that stuff because I relate it to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And I feel like I went through my stages. Yeah. And now and I came out the other side through reliving my, my birth or re-manifesting that. I, I don't know whether that was really what I felt. 
at the time. Maybe I tapped into some memories that I had before. I'm, mm. I'm not too sure. I, I've really got no idea. Or maybe I just made all that up in my head. Mm. Maybe this is all made up. But I'm trying to enjoy it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, did you have anything else to say or should we finish up? Well, I don't know. I want, I want to hear your point of view. Like, what do you think about all that? <laughs> I have no idea. We've got a, we got a few minutes left. I mean, I mean it's a, it's, it sounds like a, an intense journey. Uh, I mean, I guess the, maybe the first time you told it to me, uh, I thought it was more of like just a trip, like here's something kind of cool and kind of weird that happened to me. Um, but the more I hear it, I'm like, yeah, this is, it is more, it's more, even more intense than I realized. I mean, I didn't know it was, it was very intense the first time. And I was telling, like, you told me that story and I, I was saying to people, man, my, my friend Aaron told me this story where he looked into the face of death, like he saw what it was like to die and, and, uh, capture that whole experience hmm. yeah I, I know the first time I told you I, hmm. I flew down to Melbourne we're hanging out um, you know haven't seen you for a few years you know you had a new life happening down there and I was like dude I gotta tell you what I experienced hmm. and even then I think with my level of, of consciousness at the time I couldn't exactly articulate the, the emotions that I felt behind it or why. Mm -hmm. And because it's such a big part of my life, like that's like the big, it was like a turning point of my whole life. It's, it's become, it's become a huge part of me now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with everything else that I do, it's, uh, well, it's become like the, the roundabout of my life. I could have, I could have went that way or I could have went this way. And, uh, and even though at the time I kind of said it like a funny, this happened and this happened and that happened and it did, but now I'm able to draw more meaning out of it because the level that I'm looking back at it. So I need to make that mean something to me. Otherwise, if it doesn't mean anything, well, I'm as good as being dead. But I have to say that, that Benny had a big part in that as well, because yeah. I mean, of course, um, of course, we're the, we're the team. It's like any of my mates. I feel like I needed to come back. I can't leave these guys. <laughs> not, not yet. I mean, uh, I, haven't, I haven't been out and partied like that hard since then. <laughs> I haven't been I, able to... I don't to... think I've partied that hard in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is my point. The only person I can party like to that level yeah. was Benny. And, uh, and we partied a lot in the last couple of years. But I mean, like that's, you need a pretty strong warrior to, to take that kind of punishment to your ego, to your consciousness. I mean, I'm not endorsing it at all. I think everyone's fine exactly how they are. I'm Life's trying this perfect. Farm, kids. But um, I'm just reading through my notes here and it's like, the only thing I can relate it to is like the movie Big Fish. Uh-huh. You've seen it? Yeah. Like, uh Who's in it? Ewan McGregor? Yeah, yeah, a masterpiece by um, Tim Burton. Oh, really? It's about by Tim Burton. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, he, in that movie, it starts out by uh, the characters. Uh, it's about five kids, and they go and they're all. They think they're throwing rocks at like the witch's house, mm. and they're like, "All right, I dare to go knock on the door." Mm. And of course, you know, one of the kids goes and knocks on the door, and they they all go, and she pulls her eye patch off. They look into her eye and they see how they die. Like mm. they see their own death. 
Mm. And it goes through and it explains the death of all these kids, or like a couple kids that were there, except uh, McGregor's character, he, the movie doesn't show his death. Mm. It just leaves it like an open and he goes, hmm, so that's how I die. <laughs> and that's it. So the whole movie, you're like, well, how did he die? But the, the, the play was that he saw how he died so he could then do anything he wanted, right. knowing, knowing that he was not going to die. <laughs> right. And uh, I think I have, I've adopted that. Nothing to lose. Because, uh, because I have everything to lose and everything to come back for, then I'm bulletproof and I can do anything I want because that's not, I, I mean, I'm choosing how to die and I'm not done yet because I chose then I wasn't done. So I'm not done now. And now I've given myself a bigger mission. <laughs> you know, I want to see Mexico like the next superpower of the world. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, that, that's kind of a... Not militarily though. No, just as like a wonderful place to live and a yeah. beautiful level of like, of social life. Yep. And uh, you know, so that means we could change the whole world. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to die until that happens. Mm. So everyone's like, oh, change Mexico in your lifetime. You're dreaming for a while. I've been dreaming for a while. <laughs> so uh, how, about, like how about it. you go back to bed and I'll keep living yeah. my dream yeah. <laughs> every day of my life. Keep dreaming. Cool. Let's leave it at that, hey? Yep. So this has been the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. So press like, press subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave us a comment about a crazy trip that you've had. Go on Facebook and press like as well. Press the get notifications button uh, so you make sure you receive our new updates when we release something. And subscribe on iTunes and, oh, and Pocket Cast. And have a good one. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Don't try this at home. Wash Hoshingong. Okay, what does that mean? I'll tell you later. Okay, peace.